Hey everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 141, The Ugly Side Effect. On this episode, we discuss an Associated Press article that hit the mainstream about hikers behaving badly. Are the concerns about the Appalachian Trail becoming a party atmosphere a reality or just perspective of a few loud voices? Is the Appalachian Trail becoming the entitlement trail? And are hikers doing whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want, etiquette be damned? Join in on this exact discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and join this topic in our community. Come hang out with us and be part of this community. You know, you're, you're getting pretty good at this. I know. I, <laughs> 141 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> you, you are. I don't even practice anymore. No, well, you do. You, you <laughs> and you've got the little voice going on, and you've got the little swag when you're sitting and doing it. You're you're getting pretty good. I'd have to say, I think you've got this whole podcasting thing down. Well, that's good considering what we are about to unload on <laughs> you guys. Uh, if one podcast wasn't enough. Let For there, our listeners, let there be two. So, um, real quickly, we are um, we're going to be launching a second podcast, um, and we're going to um, obviously we're going to learn from all the mistakes in the first ten episodes of Trust the Trail podcast, <laughs> but um, we'll have much better audio this time for sure. Um, But we are announcing a new podcast that's going to be available on all the podcatchers that you are listening to Trust the Trail on now. And the name of this podcast is going to be This Nomadic Idea Podcast. And without doing a commercial for that podcast, um, it's going to be a little bit different because we will be live streaming it every Thursday on our YouTube channel. This Nomadic Idea. Now, this Nomadic Idea YouTube channel is old channel. We've got backpacking videos. We have how-to backpacking videos. And we're about to take off in an Airstream and be nomadic. And how does that whole thing fit in? Well, it makes sense to call our podcast what our YouTube channel and our website is called, other than Trust the Trail. So we've got This Nomadic Idea It's going to be this Nomadic Idea podcast where we have interviews. We talk to people that are nomadic, whether if you're living in a 50-liter backpack through hiking the trail, we want to talk to you. If you're full-timing in an RV, part-timing in an RV, uh, you know, whatever that case is, we want to talk to you and hear your story. So it's really going to be a story-based podcast where we, you know, we really talk to a lot of different people. Well, not so much our own stories, uh, but the stories of... Of those who are experiencing the, a more nomadic or a more, uh, you know, jumping home base adventure. Yeah, absolutely. We have a great first episode. The RVI couple um, is going to be on. And um, so Thursday live stream on February 20th is going to be our first episode. So we're pretty excited. We're pretty excited about that. So without further ado... <laughs> there's some hanky panky going on on the Appalachian Trail. And some people are getting quite upset about it. And 
we want to kind of discuss it because it's a very hot topic. It's important to talk about it and to share different maybe ideas. I mean, we all know what the problem is. We're going to talk about the problem, but it's also important to share solutions and ideas and, you know, how we can, if there is a problem, uh, how we fix it. And so there was an article that came out uh, by the Associated Press and NBC News picked it up. The Chicago Tribune picked it up and a lot of major news outlets picked it up. And uh, the, of course, the title was it was Hikers Behaving Badly, Appalachian Trail Party Raises. And so we read the article. We thought, you know, it is kind of an important uh, topic to talk about because you well, know that's not what that's not in this in in the article the the person who's 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 giving this example called it uh you know was calling some of the shelters a frat party yeah i mean i think i, I think this is the perfect perfect time to be talking about it um we're at the beginning of february and february really begins for a lot of people this idea of I'm hitting the trail in a few weeks or perhaps already on the trail. And this is not news to anybody that hikers are are going out here to experiencing something that they're really trying to gain from it. And instead, perhaps many of them might be experiencing something completely opposite from what they're anticipating. Well, and I think that's what the article started. So let me kind of read you an excerpt, a little bit of the article. So for people that don't know anything about the article, why the article was written, and uh, what the heck is going on, this is the first time I've heard of this, let's kind of explain a couple things. And let me tell you, the, well, I'll, I'll tell you the backstory, explain the backstory, and then we'll get in the meat and potatoes of the article. So for the last few years, um, Baxter State Park, which is the northern terminus of the Appalachian Trail, it's either where you end or where you start, depending on which way you're going to hike the trail. Baxter State Park in Maine um, is a state park. Uh, it is not a national forest. It's not a wilderness area. It's a state park that manages the tail end of the Appalachian Trail. And it's a wilderness area out there, and it's very protected. And they, they, they really take that state park seriously, as all state parks should. But they are seeing a rise in mis- misbehaving. And they have written a few letters to the ATC saying, hey, people aren't following the rules um, they're um, they're leaving trash, they're bringing alcohol, they're you know doing whatever, and this is not acceptable. Um, and it's it's been escalating. This this isn't a new story for people that are kind of entrenched in that trail. Uh, we've heard this going on for a while, um, but it's starting to escalate a little bit, and uh, it's starting. As this article uh, is is showing, when it hits the mainstream and they're they're starting to talk about it, there could be trouble um, on the horizon. I think we should really have a, a very good, solid discussion about uh, nipping this in the bud because there's going to be two things that are going to happen. One, Baxter State Park is going to say, find yourself another end of the trail, or 
the beginning of the trail may change, and we're going to talk about little, we're going to talk about that in our podcast. The beginning of the trail may change, where they may only let twenty people a day go, and it may be a permit issue, just like the Grand Canyon that we're waiting for permits on. <laughs> Say, well, you know, look, we don't care if a hundred people want permits; we only allow two groups per day to go down there. So we know who's down there at all times. So it might be a situation like that. So let me read you a little bit about this article uh, from Spencer, whose real name is Mission. And uh, he quotes in the article, again, this is Associated Press, and I'm reading this off of uh, the NBC News uh, website. I wanted the solitude. I wanted to experience nature, he said. But I like to drink and have a good time. But I didn't want that to follow me there. So his experience was people were drinking and and about the same as he does at home, apparently. Uh, he is also, uh, he as he is known to fellow hikers, his uh, trail name is Mission, confronted what officials say is an ugly side effect of the increasing traffic on the Georgia to Maine footpath every year. More people than ever causing problems. Now, Let's kind of go on. I'm going to skip this a little bit um, about uh, some interesting stats that um, I'm not really sure I 100% believe. But more than 830 people completed the 2,189-mile hike last year, up from just 182 in 1990. When I did the trail in 2003, I want to say... There was around 200, a high 200 number that com- completed that through high. So what the stats are showing essentially is significant that increase, significant increase, and and they're blaming a lot of that increase in the popularity of bringing the Appalachian Trail uh, to the mainstream through movies um, recently, right? Um, over the course of the last several years and of course social media platforms that are bombarding this thought process Uh, and my basic belief is that um i'm not so sure if everybody's through hiking now i think they're just going up to katata and taking a selfie and calling it a day so i don't know if that's an accurate number or not but let's say it is let's say 830 people in uh last year did the whole trail Um, The growing number, of course, the article then goes to say, the growing number of hikers is becoming a management nightmare at Baxter, where officials say they also believe the culture and attitude of the people using the footpath is changing. Uh, Jensen Bissell, director of the park, said in a letter to the Appalachian Trail Conservancy late last year that the AT hikers are open and deliberate in their desire for freedom from all the rules and all the regulation. He goes on to say, he warns that the trail may need to end somewhere besides Katahdin if something doesn't change soon. If we have 2,000 hikers now, how will, how will it be when we have 3,500 or 4,000 hikers, Bissell said. So the, the crux of the argument is, is the trail actually becoming the entitlement trail where people think they can do whatever they want to damn what leave no trace says damn um digging a cat hole damn uh you know where you're supposed to camp i'll camp wherever i want to 
is that a real issue on the Appalachian Trail? And if it is, then I think as a community, we're going to have to discuss what we can what we can do about it, and and how that may, you know, because here's the thing, and I think Ariane, you'll agree with me, is that it's never the people that are committing the offenses that get hurt by it. It's always the person that comes behind them. <laughs> well, I, I think you bring up a good point, actually, because, you know, perhaps that's true. You know, those that are actually abusing the whole purpose uh, of being out there and celebrating what you've just achieved, you know, it's not those that are necessarily, you know, bucking the systems or, or the, the, the rules, quote unquote, the guidelines. Because they're the ones who are uneducated about all the protection. That Once you spend that amount of time out on a trail, yes, you should get to celebrate. And yes, you should, you should, should bask in that moment. But I think that if you, in my personal opinion, if you truly are spending that amount of time out there, I think you respect the land in a very, very different way. And so it, it, it is hurting the next person. The AT started a long time ago uh, through hiking the Appalachian Trail has been ongoing now for a very, very long time. And it's grown in popularity. And as as with anything, as it grows in popularity, you start pulling in, uh, you start pulling in more diversity and those that are wanting to experience it and the different reasons. And I think it, it drastically alters the original experience or the original purpose of of why people are drived driving themselves to go out there in the first place and so it is altering and as it grows with media popularity so on and so forth it, it, we are going to see a shift in it and an, and and I would say an uneducated shift in the the use of the lands that this article is is, is talking about as being turned into you know a, a party atmosphere or I, I thought I was going to gain solitude but instead I got something else out of it well I think that the um, he hit the nail on the head and you hit the nail on the head when you said um, the culture part of it because you know when I did it and I'm you know it's not that long ago but that there was a sense of I want to be alone on the trail you know, um, that, I mean, that's why I did it. Right. Um, but, you know, now more and more I see um, in Facebook groups and in other groups that are uh, talking about the Appalachian Trail, the very first thing I see a lot of, hey, I, you know, I want a hiking partner or I want to hike in a group or I want to hike with people. And that whole, when did that culture change? When did it become like, you know, a group hike? You know, instead of your own, um, instead of you, you challenging yourself to do it for the solitude. Well, I, I think that I, there, there's so many perspectives on that. But f for my perspective, I, I would think that that mentality is kind of coming in. And the fact that you have people that are wanting to experience something that they feel is grandor from social media or from other people's experiences. And maybe they don't have the experience for themselves. They don't have the, the education or the confidence. And so they're looking to team up in a sense. Um, 
and it's creating the, the, I guess the insecurities of, I don't know if, I don't know if insecurities is the right word, but this idea of it becoming more conjoined with others is bringing that element of a more party atmosphere. Well, let me um, let me go on and I'll, I'll read you the this part of the article where uh, I find it a little hilarious because we're talking about the entitlement trail. <laughs> Here's a quote from uh, Scott uh, Jurek, who, who ran the Appalachian Trail in record time. There's always a bad apple or two, but these are people that spend four to six months for a year on the trail, on their feet, experiencing the experiencing the wilderness that you know that he ran through. I can't imagine them wanting to do things that would violate the wilderness," said Scott Jurek, an ultra marathoner who broke the trail record. Of course, this is after celebrating with a bottle of champagne at Katahdin Summit. Jurek received citations for consuming alcohol, hiking with a large group, and littering. Of course, he argued that the citations were unfair and that Baxter officials were using him to send a message to problem hikers. Well, Scott, congratulations. They were using you to send a message. (laughs) (laughs) So if you don't want to be the messenger... Don't bring alcohol to where it says no alcohol. Don't litter where it says don't litter. And don't party up on top of when they say touch the sign and come down. So, Well, yeah. no one's going to actually touch the sign and just come down, although unless you're really exhausted. No, but, but, but you know, but, but the point is, is that the, the whole argument of is the trail become entitlement for people, he actually makes that argument. Well, it's funny because you've just done something beyond impressive. Beyond something, impressive. Th- something that you should be exuberant about i mean you should be popping champagne technically in your mind right but there has to be limitations there's so many articles about this exact conversation out there and one article i read i i I read it because i loved it so much i said there was partying on the trail in the 80s and 90s absolutely well it says sure i just threw in absolutely because that seems to be our word but it was contained and self-policed, self-policed. If you left, if you left trash, other hikers would call you out. In the past decade or so, there's been a shift aided through social media, developing more into a mob mentality. And it, it and, and, and I don't know about the mob mentality aspect, but it is this conjoined aspect. But f- for you to get up there in that moment and be like, yeah, I'm going to pop some champagne I deserve this moment for myself. I, I I think it I think it needs to be done in a in an attribute that is considerate to what you have just experienced. The entire over two thousand miles. Yeah, well here's the reality of that whole thing. This is this is what I think and, and you know I'm I sure mean, I'll probably get hate mail hate mail on this, but this is what I think. Look, people are themselves now in the in the world we live in. You, you yourself are a brand. You know, most people that are hiking the Appalachian Trail now, they do have a social media page. They do have YouTube. They, it, they, they themselves are the brand. And what better way to promote your brand than to do a slow motion, 
pop the cork champagne where on top of cut on top of Katahdin, totally where you Instagram can post worthy. that on Instagram <laughs> and let the sponsors come in. Right. And and that's your average person. <laughs> that's yeah. your that's not even like a, a company. That's just, you know, that's just the brand. And so that's one of the things that are wrong because if you're thinking yourself as a brand instead of a backpacker or a hiker or a regular Joe or Mrs. Joe, that you know you you feel like you are a brand and your brand is more important than the etiquette, than the rules, than you know listening to Baxter State Park. Well, then you know you're gonna have to suffer the consequences when you get a citation, Scott jerk. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I really don't feel bad for you at all. And I think that's the whole crux of. What's going on with the trail is that, you know, obviously there's a social media influence now. Obviously that wasn't there before. There's more pressure to build an audience for your Instagram feeds and your YouTube channel. There's, you know, um, YouTube is monetizing just about everybody now. So, you know, you want a little piece of the pie. You want a little piece of the, you know, the, the green. And so, you know, you're going to fight for that and you're going to do whatever you need to do. And because there's a billion backpacking uh, YouTube videos out there and, uh, you know, you have to be different. And so now you're going to be a little bit different on the AT. And, and it just it's going to escalate, escalate, escalate until what we think is really going to happen. We think it's in the pike. I think they're already talking about it. In fact, I know they're talking about it. And you guys have probably heard, for people that are deep-rooted in the in the Georgia section of the Appalachian Trail, you've probably heard this. I don't think it's rumor anymore. I think it's going to happen. Um, but to solve some of the problem, I believe they are going to move the beginning of the Appalachian Trail. And I do not believe it's going to be up on top of Springer uh, that much longer. I believe it's going to be, I believe it's going to be at Amicalola State Park right under the the arch well we've seen a shift in that not well not you and i particularly but hikers have seen a shift in more control you know trying to be you know taken back in terms of you know we want you to register we want you to start you know begin everything register at the arches begin begin where we have more control over it and and that shift has been kind of, it's not been mandated. It's been more requested. It's been more encouraged through education and word of mouth and, and respect. But but when things start that way, rarely, when you, when you start... When you start seeing more global impacts and more conversations going into this mainstream as we have and, and have seen an increase in that... There's going to be some mandating coming very soon behind that. Well, yeah, and with everything else is that now uh, you're getting into um, you're getting the politics of things. You know, when it hits when it starts hitting mainstream media, um, someone upstairs in the upper echelon of you know people that make decisions <laughs> that affect your life. It's usually somebody in a chair um, handing out money is that they're going to say, such like the Department of Interior, hey, this is going to stop. And so 
you know, I truly believe that it's going to come out to, you know, what is the best way to manage a national scenic trail? And I think that it's going to have to be right now, the start of the trail is in a national forest. So the management that mandates the national forest in a wilderness area isn't um, can't really manage because they don't have the resources to do it, right? Uh, they don't have the money, nor the resources, nor the time to count heads up on top of Springer. But the state park system does. And the state park system can officially ask for grant money from the Department of Interior to offset that management cost. And so I do truly believe that they're looking into changing the start of the Appalachian Trail only to send a very strong message that, okay, congratulations, 20 people today can go. Well, 20 is a... a 20 people tomorrow can go. Because <laughs> it's never going to be that low, but... I do. I do think do it think could so? be. Yeah, sure. Because one, um, it's, it's a win-win for everybody. If they mandate... A very few people to go people are gonna um you know they're gonna have to stay at amicalola state park maybe two or three days longer that's good for the state park that's revenue for the state park the other thing too is that even if they sneak in and say well i'll just sneak in the back way man well, that's the thing that well no wait not gated at- it is gated they'll just close that forest road gate but the Appalachian Trail in general, no, is they will close not... that forest road. That <laughs> and they'll and there, there's gates there. They will. Um, so in our experience of being a little nomadic, we've noticed that some of these BLM lands um, that the uh, Bureau of Land Management own and operate that are under a federal mandate, right? Well, there's gates on those now that used to be free camping, free you know places for RVs to go. Well, those are gated now. And who gated them? The county sheriff's department. Why? Because they were tired of 911 calls all the time. So let me tell you something. All these state and local agencies in and around the Appalachian Trail are just that. They are local agencies with local people. And if one person looks the other way and the county sheriff or that local agency managing that part of the trail. Now, one of the things the trail has going for it is, um, you know, there's a lot of rangers that go in and out, and that's they're not going to block, they're not going to block entrances that soon. But I'm saying is that I, I, if I, I think that there, are, there are talks into moving the trail, and I certainly would like to see um, the trail come to some sort of um, you know system to where there there's less people starting on the trail than the 70 to 100 a weekend where there's 70 people at um, in the beginning of Georgia that, that are on at these shelters you know I, I certainly would like to see that drawn down and I certainly would love to see I would love to see if you're gonna you know, I know this is, I'm, we get into a lot of controversy, and I don't want to get in the weeds here, but there's things that we can manage as a community to help better. We can do less hiker feeds. We can do less 
you know, a little less, you know, trail magic, hot graffiti, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I, I think that there's a responsibility to the hiker community to say, look, Baxter State Park, they're they're upset. And, you know, someone is going to have to take the lead and try to get the, um, you know, the, 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 the hikers, and, and they could be local hikers. Who knows? You know, and, and I'm, no, one's, no one's blaming anybody. It's a problem. And Baxter State Park says it's a problem. And the Associated Press wrote about it and said it's a problem. Not that all press is true, but it sure <laughs> has been picked up in all the mainstream stuff. And it's going to get attention. And so, you know, as a hiking community, I think that we need to be good stewards of the land that we want to play on and say, look, what you guys are doing are wrong. So I think if you see some bad behavior, I think it's your duty to go up to that person and say, you're behaving badly. <laughs> so, you know, the ATC is is creating that message, like trying to bring that education, trying to say, be good stewards. I mean, they've put Ridge Runners out there and uh, I mean, there, there's so many things that they're doing. Now, of course, Dude, they need about 30 Ridge Runners big. in Georgia. They don't have enough Ridge Runners now, in Georgia. The, the, the quote-unquote problems are, are too big for their current bridge size. Bridge size, in, in my personal opinion. But I think they are trying to work the problem. What's funny about this particular news article, and I think I've mentioned this before, but I, I, news, news in general... Uh, it sets me in into a, like a spiral spin of like, like I can go off on a tangent. But, you know, this article is really about hikers behaving badly. And it, it's not the lure and the peace of the, the, the peacefulness of this wilderness and the solitude of what I thought I was going to experience. But that's not really the messaging here. The messaging is, is oh, yeah, you just hit mainstream. We're going to bring to light. And, you know... The roosters are coming home to roost. There's some there's some logistical aspects that aren't being talked about here, and and it just it surprises me that anybody is surprised by this. Well, you know the thing is is in the last couple of years, um, and you know we're pretty we're pretty close to the Appalachian Trail. I mean, I it's it's forever in my heart, and. Um, Whenever I see an article or any anything I, I see that catches my eye, you know, I read it. I take the time to look at it. And in the last two years, true or false, has there been more bear activity and more shelters than ever before? That's true. You know, true or false. You know, are there people having... thrown at trying to correct the bear problem. They, they cut the trail off in, in Mount Rogers Recreation Area in Virginia twice this last year you know so um you know the smokies are having bigger and bigger problems um a bear canister coming to a theater near you folks i mean they're gonna pass that <laughs> they've talked about it for five years now and it's getting worse well that is a direct connection to the lack of understanding of the cause and effect and you know smokies of, are different you're right what you're getting out yeah smokies are different because you have a big visitor area and they're not backpackers and general hikers i get that no i i understand that but it, it's still the same mentality of entitlement you know, hey, here, come here, little cubby bear. Um, here's uh, some, you know, popcorn I want to feed you. Standing I need my in selfie. <laughs> standing in front of the sign that says, do not feed the bears. You know, but it's that sense of entitlement where, you know, let the other person worry about it. I want my damn selfie. And so. I deserve this. I'm out here. This is this is mine to take. That, yeah. That is, that 
that there is a major mentality that exists out there and probably higher than over half of a per- like it's probably over 50% that well, feel that way that I think there's there. a lot of warning signs. I think that's the whole I think that's the whole crux of what we're trying to get at. There's a lot of warning signs. Um selfie warning. We did a whole podcast on please don't take a selfie over the rail of the Grand Canyon. That's and, not good. But people are people are dying. They're falling off. They're, you know, they they're they're you know, they're dying out there. You know, people, there's more bear activity now. You know, and I still, I still read posts from the Facebook group that I belong in. People saying, do you really hang your food in the backcountry or do you just keep it in your tent? I can't even believe that's still a question. <laughs> You know, I, I, it, it boggles my mind that, well, you know, dude, congratulations. The bear might not be your biggest problem, but the raccoons, rodents, and mice, and everything else, they're learning just like the bears. You know, it's like the raccoons and mice, you know, it's not like they're incapable of learning that humans have food, which I think they've already learned. I think the raccoons and mice are really way more evolved than the bears are. But there's going to be a time when that changes. It's called evolution. And they're going to learn human equals food. And, you know, these shelters are going to start closing down. It's happening already. I think that's a big warning sign. So I think we need to be really good stewards of our environment. And yeah, it, it, you know, no one likes conflict. No one likes to call out another hiker or backpacker on the trail. But I, th- I think we're coming to the point. If you don't, you suffer, not them. They're not going to get in trouble. They're probably out there for the weekend or they'll never hike the Appalachian Trail again. Check mark off their uh, list before they uh, go to med school or college. And um, I probably picked on millennials or young people a little bit. But, you know, check that off. I'm done. They'll never do it again. And uh, you're out there going to suffer. You know, when you go to a shelter and say, well, this shelter's been closed due to bear activity. And I just think that this article is just one more red flag kind of thrown in um, into the controversy that I think is already here and building and just trying to figure out what to do about it. What what concerns me is, is that this is not new news. And as more negative press surrounds the Appalachian Trail, people will then explore other options, the next best thing, different trail systems to overrun and overtake and do the exact same thing that is happening on the Appalachian Trail due to its accessibility and popularity and and laundry list of other to be named. But I, you know, it's not just the Appalachian Trail. I fear that this mentality spreads and will continue to spread and, and, and alter, perhaps alter this new mindset moving forward into decades to come well just ask uh, the pcta the pacific trail they association had <laughs> they've had a big increase of, of people increase. and the number one reason people don't want to hike the appalachian trail <laughs> so you know i think the at the atc is doing what they can um you know i know we have 
a couple of members of the ATC in our podcast uh, group. We'd love to hear from you guys and talk about this. Uh, we definitely would do a, a, a part two of this podcast and to like talk about solutions and talk about what we can do as a community to, um, you know, to make sure that, you know, we're, we're, we're not getting that reputation and that it's still, oh, oh, I mean, the Appalachian Trail, let's face it, it's, it's a hard trail. It weans out a lot of people. Um, and but so, the accessibility points along the trail. It is getting much is, more accessible. You know, it, there's a lot more shuttle services, a lot more, uh, um, there's a lot more, uh, you know, B&Bs, there's a lot more, there's, there's just a lot more hostels. It, the accessibility is getting, it's, it's. It's increasing the traffic big time, flow. Absolutely. Of the problem that we're speaking of. And, 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 you know, I love section hiking and stuff like that, but, you know, the, the section hiker the day hiker, the weekend hiker, and the through hiker have to be of one mind. It's the same mind. The trail needs to be protected. I need to play a part of that. And um, I need to pick up my trash. I can't leave it to the next person. I can't uh, put the blame game onto somebody else. I need to take responsibility to keep the trail that I'm loving right now on. I need to keep that uh, protected. So I think all of us have to be of, of, of really the same mind. So anyway, really appreciate you guys listening to our podcast today. Again, um, we wanted to bring it up and just talk about it and discuss the issue with you guys. Cause you guys are our family. We really appreciate you guys listening big time. You can join us, uh, on the 20th for our premiere of this nomadic idea podcast and uh, you can, you're more than welcome to come over and say hello. If you like the podcast, please post a comment or a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It helps spread the word of our podcast. Shout outs to our lovely and amazing Facebook members. And definitely our patrons who keep this podcast going. John, Rick, Jerry, Shirley Nutt, Jerry, Suzanne Johnson, Brad Wolf, Helene, Mike, Jacqueline, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Tappendorf, Jeff Nyman, Kathy Kinnison, Bob Esser, <laughs> and Matthew Creecroft. We just did a podcast this week because people are getting ready to backpack and get their gear. They're getting ready to go. They're looking at backpacks. Um, I just did a Trust the Trail Gear Talk podcast, episode 10. Whoa. On buying a backpack or how to choose a backpack. And then I give about five recommendations of some kick butt backpacks that you should be looking at at 2020. That's on our Patreon page. For five bucks a month, you get all those podcasts. Uh, really appreciate your support. If you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a secure platform that lets you support your favorite podcast. All you need to do is create an account. Go to Trust the Trail Podcast and as little as $2 a month, get special benefits for exclusive content. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, all the big ones. If we are not on your favorite podcatcher, let us know and we'll get on there for you. Um, we we love you guys. We love sharing our discussion, our our, our good times, our bad times, um, our concerns or not concerns of, of all trails, not just the Appalachian Trail, but all the trails 
that make us um, free and feel good about ourselves. You can also follow us on Instagram, Trusted Trail, and our Facebook page, Trusted Trail Facebook page. Remember, the trail gives you everything you need. So trust the trail, you guys. Bye. Bye.